Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is January 26th, 2022, and our first story, huge news. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer has announced he will be retiring at the end of this term. This signals that Democrats fear they will lose control of Congress in the midterms, so they are rushing forward to get a replacement. In our next story, the anti-work subreddit explodes 1.7 million readers. And they're saying the USA is collapsing, and I gotta be honest, I agree. And in our last story, a story from CBC, a woman, a specialist in internal medicine saying vax passports won't stop transmission, but they will force people to get vaccinated. Many people are calling for a boycott of Walmart after the Canadian government in Quebec has ordered them to check vaccine passports. Now, if you like this show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer has announced he will be retiring at the end of this term, which will be in October. And this is huge. It signals the Democrats expect to lose Congress. If the Republicans take Congress and take the House, they absolutely will not vote to confirm Joe Biden's nominee. If the Democrats make the move before then, before the change in power, they will be able to narrowly get by. Now, many conservatives, Republicans, Trump supporters believe that you're going to get a bunch of Republican senators being like, let's be amicable here now and let's make sure we support these candidates, nominees by Joe Biden. And you'll probably end up with like 52 to 48 in favor of whoever it is Joe Biden ends up selecting uh, to, to nominate. However, if there is a decent enough shift after November, then the Democrats probably would not be able to get this confirmation. Now, it's hard to say for sure, because even if the Republicans end up winning a couple Senate seats and then end up gaining control, you still have the possibility that people like Lindsey Graham will just side with the Democrats. And then maybe it goes to a tiebreaker. Kamala Harris then votes in favor. And, and here you go. But the retirement has also highlighted a past statement, several past statements from Joe Biden vowing to appoint a black woman. Now, some people are saying that it's scary precedent when the president says that the qualification he seeks in terms of a Supreme Court justice nomination is solely or principally based on race, 
and gender. Now, it's true there's never been a black woman Supreme Court justice. At least that's, that's what they're reporting. And many people think that is a good reason to appoint someone. My personal opinion and the opinion of many others is that it's not relevant. I mean, if somebody's going to bring the right judicial experience and perspective to the bench, I don't care if it's a black woman or otherwise. And I think this is a contributing factor as to why Democrats are losing. Wokeness run amok. Have y'all turned on Bill Maher recently? I know I've talked about him all week. But Barry Weiss, who quits the New York Times over uh, New York Times over wokeness, calling out the absurdity. Glenn Youngkin winning in Virginia because of critical race theory. And the president is going to come out and say, I made a promise to nominate based on race and gender. And you think that's going to help you? But perhaps the Democrats will just get their one last woke victory before ultimately losing the House and the Senate. Interestingly, another Democrat is announcing they will retire from Congress. And it seems this move from Justice Breyer is likely because they know act now or forever hold your peace. Now, I don't know if Breyer is colluding with Democrats, but as a liberal member of the court, many activist organizations have been urging him, you need to retire now so that Joe Biden can appoint a black woman to the bench. But also because if the Democrats end up losing power, then the left loses their opportunity to get a Supreme Court justice on the bench. Right now, the court is considered six to three by the mainstream press and basically not even conservative based on populist, nationalist or Trump supporter standards. But to be fair, you still have Clarence Thomas and many of their rulings do lean conservative because it is technically a six to three conservative court. But we'll see how things play out. Suffice it to say, this breaking news is bad, bad, bad news for Democrats. Now, look, they have the House, they have the Senate, they have the presidency, they can make the appointment. So it's not like it's the apocalypse for them. It's, it's actually fairly good, but it shows. Come November, they're going to get crushed in a red tsunami. I don't know for sure, but that's at least what everybody is predicting. And then I believe it'll be what, January 3rd, when the new session of Congress will start, when all of the new members will come in. And maybe then, if all of you go out and vote in your primaries and vote at the state level, and a new wave of nationalist populist types or just liberty minded politicians come in, things could change rather dramatically. And I will just throw in for good measure. I believe Joe Biden should be impeached over the Ukraine scandal. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Actually, I think it's one of the most important issues in the country. But uh, let's read about Supreme Court Justice Breyer's retirement and how bad things are for Democrats as to why. This is happening. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support this journalism, our journalism, and these videos. If you like the work that I do, if you like the work that we do at TimCast.com, joining as a member helps make all of it possible. And we're going to expand. We are expanding. We're going to hire more people. We are taking over. And it's with your help as members that we're able to hire more and more journalists to cover the news and give you the facts without the agenda. But I will say, we all have our opinions. If there's any agenda that we do have, it's freedom. It's that I'll tell you what's happening. You decide. I don't want to be your boss. No one here wants to be in charge of you. We just want you to know. And then we cross our fingers and hope you make the right choice. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members only podcasts from the Timcast IRL podcast. And don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel and share this video right now wherever you can. You guys are our marketing budget. We don't have big billboards. YouTube isn't propping us up like they do CNN. But if you guys choose to share this, then we can actually win. 
Here's the breaking news from TimCast.com. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer to retire. The justice and the Biden administration have not yet, yet released a formal statement. They say United States Supreme Court Justice Stephen G. Breyer will retire after almost 28 years. His vacant seat opens a pathway for President Joe Biden's first nomination to the court. At 83, Breyer is the court's oldest member and is considered the most senior member of the liberal justices currently serving. He is in good health and has been actively involved in cases. Quote, while Breyer has disavowed political considerations, many will see them in his decision to leave, stepping down early in the Biden presidency. And while Democrats retain a razor thin majority in the U.S. Senate, will help ensure his seat is filled with someone who shares his judicial philosophy. Progressive activists have publicly called for his retirement, given the court's current six to three conservative majority and Democrats slim majority in the Senate. Critics have equated his tenure to that of late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who some believe should have retired under President Barack Obama. Many leftist activists, they all thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. And so Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she thought she could stay on the court and bless her soul. And I mean, it literally, she 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 held on and refused to back down into the Trump presidency until she could no longer until she was forced out due to repeated medical health, uh, medical issues and health issues. And then ultimately, ultimately, you know, she retires, she passes away. And thus, we end up with another conservative justice. The justice challenged these comments in March of 2021 during a speech at Harvard Law School. Structural alteration motivated by the perception of political influence could damage trust in the court. He advised court packing advocates to think long and hard before embodying those changes in law. Breyer was nominated by President Bill Clinton in 1984. His retirement is expected to come at the end of the court's current session in June. His office has not released an official statement on the subject of retirement. I, I could be wrong. My, my understanding was that the term started in October and would end in October, but uh, maybe I have that one wrong. It's a highly personal decision, Breyer said, of his possible, possible retirement during a 2015 interview. He later told the New York Times he had not determined when he could retire. I don't think I'm going to stay here till I die. I hope not. In recent sessions, Breyer wrote an opinion supporting the Affordable Care Act. There is a statement from Jen Psaki. She said, it has always been the decision of any Supreme Court justice if and when they decide to retire and how they want to announce it. And that remains the case today. We have no additional details or information to share from the White House. I just want to point out that Jen Psaki, there's a, there's a space typo in her uh, in her tweet. And I'm just it's just it's pointless. But I'm just curious as to, you know, when they were crafting this message, don't they want to like go through and double and triple check? It's very important, but sure, whatever. We can see on this tweet, my friends, the first response from uh, just some random Twitter user, apparently. And he says, nominate a woman of color to the bench. Thanks. Why? I mean, like, why is that the reason to nominate someone? Don't you can't you nominate someone who is good at the job? I don't I don't like living in this world. I really, really don't. Now, I can I, I can understand there. There is this there is this rudimentary. There is this uh, childlike view that by by simple virtue of being a certain race or gender, that you will inherently have a better or different worldview. That's just not the case to act like, you know, uh, these a black conservative and a white conservative inherently have different perspectives when they're both conservatives, they could believe the exact same thing. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? 
They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. We were talking about this the other, the other night with uh, Delano Squires over on Timcast IRL about gender segregation and racial segregation. Just briefly, though. And he made a really good point. He's like, you know, look, black people have been called all sorts of names for a, dip, for a, for a variety of reasons because perspective changes. But men and women have always been men and women. There is a difference. And one important point to bring up is that a woman of color does not being a woman and being a black person doesn't guarantee you'll have a particular perspective to say that a black woman from the Bronx has the same politics as a black woman from Nigeria would be patently absurd. So race plays no role in this. It's exactly why we don't, we've done away with racial segregation. It's exactly why these people are trying to bring it back. Someone from Somalia will not be the same person as someone from the Bronx. And it's remarkable that they're saying just, you know, make it a black woman. Look, by all means, appoint a, a minority, an Asian person, a, a Latino, a, a black person, but do it on the merits. Do it on the merits. And if you really think, and I'll tell you this, if Joe Biden is adamant, we, we really do want that perspective. I only ask that the first priority in this be like, let's take a look at everyone's credentials. And if you find someone who fits the bill and is a good justice, a good judge, a good federal judge, and you think they could be a great justice and they happen to be a black woman, by all means, nominate the individual. But the job should come first. The Hill reports. Biden's pledge to appoint black women back in spotlight amid Breyer retirement. Now, will he do it? This, to me, is another sign that the Democrats are in serious trouble. The fact that Breyer is retiring now shows they've got to do it now before they lose power. And they're going to. I mean, that's the prediction. When the Republicans and the Democrats take the House and the Senate, they're not going to be able to get anybody confirmed. It's going to be brutal. The Babylon Bee already ran a, a satirical article where it said Mitch McConnell says we can't not, we can't confirm a Supreme Court justice just three years left until election. Get it? They're making a joke. But to be real, yeah, I'm pretty sure Republicans would just be like, don't know, don't care, not confirming. Like I mentioned earlier, though, you might you'll probably get Lindsey Graham walking in and fist bumping Kamala Harris and being like, I'll vote for whatever these vote these people out primary Lindsey Graham, these other neocons and establishment uniparty politicians. The Hill reports President Biden's pledge to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court is receiving renewed attention in the wake of reports that Justice Stephen Breyer plans to retire, giving Biden an opportunity to appoint his replacement. Almost immediately after reports emerged Wednesday that Breyer planned to retire, Democrats issued calls for Biden to put forward a nominee that followed through on his pledge from the campaign trail. Quote, 
In the wake of Justice Breyer's retirement, I want to voice my support for President Biden in his pledge to nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. Senator Patty, uh, Patty Murray of Washington, the number three Senate Democrat, said in a statement, the court should reflect the diversity of our country. And it is unacceptable that we have never in our nation's history had a black woman sit on the Supreme Court of the U.S. I want to change that, she said. Biden, on multiple occasions on the campaign trail, vowed to nominate the first black woman to serve on the nation's highest court. He also said he compiled a list of black women who were qualified for the nomination. Quote, we talked about the Supreme Court. I'm looking forward to making sure there's a black woman on the Supreme Court to make sure we, in fact, get everyone represented, Biden said during a February 2020 Democratic primary debate. He reiterated that pledge the following month, saying, I commit it that if I'm elected president and have the opportunity to appoint someone to the courts, I'll appoint the first black woman to the courts. It's required that they have representation. Now it's long overdue. I just really I just really despise the idea of using someone's skin color or gender as, a, as, as the pretext for why you would give them a job. I just think it's awful. But I'm not naive and I'm willing to be honest. I think there is something to be said for young people in this country, be it uh, black, white or Latino, when they don't see anyone like them or their family represented in media, they perhaps do not feel like they're a part of the bigger picture. So I actually like the idea of diversity across the board. The problem is the, the real idea of diversity, meaning that you have people from different backgrounds and different perspectives. Well, it's been co-opted completely by the woke cult who doesn't even care about what it means other than skin color. The idea of diversity is supposed to be that if someone is from one country and someone else from another country, they probably have different perspectives. In fact, there was this big scandal recently or this, this viral thing going. I, I didn't read too much into it, where apparently this chief diversity officer said, Someone from the UK and someone from Poland, they're both white, but they're going to they're gonna bring diversity in their perspectives. It was something like that, like Sweden and, and, and you, know, you know, France or something. And then everyone got mad and they're like, no, they're all white people. It's like, no, that's literally what diversity is supposed to mean. So it does matter to a certain degree that, you know, we've never had a black woman on the Supreme Court, but we shouldn't be, be using race and gender for qualifications, we should just be, you know, encouraging people to, to be involved. And it's a fine line. It really is difficult. You know, I had a conversation with this guy uh, six, seven years ago, and he was a Latino dude. And he was explaining like, you know, growing up when all the superheroes, like the Marvel movies, for instance, they're all white dudes. I mean, you don't see your family and your community represented in that. I, I, I used to hang out in a, in a Latino area of Chicago. And it's like, it really is different when you watch a movie and you're like, it's, it's a different community. Go to Chinatown and see how, how they do the markets with the, you know, the ducks or the rabbits hanging in the windows. Very different from what you see in the movies. So I do think personally representation matters, but I don't think it should be a prerequisite. I think we should strive to, to you know, make sure we're not discriminating. But this goes a step too far. So here we go. Biden's set to nominate first black woman to the Supreme Court. That's that's what everyone cares about. All right. Well, look, if Joe Biden really does have a list of nominees who are qualified and they happen to be a black woman, I'm not I, I, I don't care. I, in fact, great. You know, by all means, Joe Biden, find someone who's good and, and, and qualified and nominate them. But I think the real issue here is that Joe Biden is, is struggling. I think the reason that he, he pitched this in the first place was to pander to the woke cult, which is not going to be helping this country. It's not going to be helping Joe Biden's numbers. But Joe Biden probably already realized he is done. Democrats probably already know that they're not going to be able to win come the midterm elections. And so they're like, all right, let's take what we can get while we can. My friends, I give you real clear politics, the average. 
Joe Biden's aggregate approval rating, according to RCP, is 40.6. His disapproval is 55. It is the worst. It's almost the worst it's ever been. It was a little bit lower. It was 40.5. And his disapproval was 55.3. But it's just about the worst it has ever been for Joe Biden. And it is only getting worse. Amazing. Amazingly, it happened right around the time Joe Biden botched the Afghanistan withdrawal that his disapproval skyrocketed and has continued to. A Monmouth University, uh, a Monmouth poll shows Joe Biden's approval rating at 38%. We can look down at Rasmussen and Harvard Harris. That's crazy. Quinnipiac, just on just January 7th to the 10th, has Joe Biden at 35 underwater by 19 points. Trafalgar underwater by 20 points. Look at this one. Rasmussen underwater by 21 points. The Biden administration is a disaster. And so people are starting to wake up. They're starting to realize this guy never had a plan. The Democratic Party never had a plan. Their whole plan was hate Donald Trump. Well, all of the Democratic voters, all of you who voted for this, you voted for a hollow shell, nothing. And that's what you get. And that's why the Democrats are retiring. Take a look at this. Democratic rep Jim Cooper to retire after Republicans push map that splits up Nashville. Oh, that's the reason. So he's what? The 29th House Democrat to announce they're retiring? Whoa! 29! Yikes. <laughs> Republicans only need, what, five seats? Here we go. CBS reports. Democratic Congressman Jim Cooper of Tennessee announced he will not run in November after serving more than 32 years in the U.S. House due to the recent redistricting that made a, made a path to re-election more difficult. Republican legislators on Monday in Tennessee advanced a map that would crack Cooper's reliably Democratic district from Davidson County, which encompasses all of Nashville, into three districts that favor Republicans by at least 15 points. Elections have consequences. Let me explain something for y'all. If you're a Republican and you're happy this is happening, it's because people voted in local elections. It, it, it resulted in a Republican uh, a Tennessee and then the Republicans were able to draw to to uh, to redistrict as it benefited them and what they want. Make sure when you go and vote, make sure you pay attention. You vote for your local reps. You vote for your state senator. You vote in the primaries. Take it seriously. The map awaits the signature of Republican Governor Bill Lee. It could face a potential lawsuit from the state Democratic Party. Quote, despite my strength at the polls, I could not stop the General Assembly from dismembering Nashville. I explored every possible way, including lawsuits to stop the gerrymandering and to win one of the three new congressional districts that now divide Nashville. There's no way, at least for me in this election cycle, but there may be a path for other worthy candidates. Cooper added he would return individual contributions he received for his reelection so that donors can redirect them as they choose. Cooper won his seat unopposed in the 2020 general election. Look at that, unopposed. Where are you at, guys? People need to run for office. The cycle he was facing a primary from Odessa Kelly, a community organizer backed by the Progressive Justice Democrats group. In a statement, Kelly criticized the racist gerrymandering that will erase the voices of black and brown voters in Nashville. I am still looking into the recently redrawn district lines and charting a path forward for my campaign, she added. It was never about winning a particular district or challenging a particular incumbent. It was about getting a seat at the table for working class Tennesseans and having another organizer in Congress to fight like hell for our future. That hasn't changed. 
Cooper was known as a moderate Democrat who led the fiscally conservative Blue Dog Coalition. He served on the Intelligence, Armed Services, Budget and Oversight Committees, was chairman of the Strategic Forces Subcommittee and worked with Republican Congressman Mike Rogers of Indiana to create the Space Force. Hey, not all bad, right? Well, someone will be going after one of these seats, someone many of you are familiar with, and I'll shout him out. But first, Nancy Pelosi announces she will seek re-election. The 81-year-old speaker has announced she will seek a 19th term in office representing the crime-infested district of San Francisco. Please stop voting for this woman. I donated to a primary challenger of Nancy Pelosi's back in, I think it was in 2020. I gave, I believe it was the maximum contribution to this small progressive leftist candidate. Well, the progressive leftist was anti-war. And I was just like, yo, if I can donate to a Democrat, a progressive, who I probably disagree with on a lot of things, but I at least agree with on some things, I will take it. I would absolutely prefer a progressive leftist over Nancy Pelosi. Hands down, hands down. And I'm not happy about it, to be honest. You know, I, I said impeach Joe Biden and people are like, you haven't thought this through, Tim. And they post pictures of Kamala Harris. And I'm like, yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about it. And it sucks. It really, really does. I don't I think if we get one of these, you know, uh, this progressive who was running against her anti-war. And I was just like, at the very least, they won't be voting to invade other countries at the very least. If you know what, we may have an internal conflict at home and it may get bad. But at the very least, we will not be bombing children and civilians and whatever it is the neocon, neoliberal, sorry, establishment wants to do. So I'll take it. Nancy Pelosi announces she's seeking re-election. Oh, this one. I got to be honest. When I saw this, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. It's just disgusting. This is gross. Well, my friends, Robbie Starbuck, who you may be familiar with, is running in Tennessee. He tweeted out, when I filed to run, I said we'd make Jim Cooper retire. We did it before we got to election day. A new era begins now. In Tennessee 5, I'll fight to put America first, make sure mandates never happen again, fix our economy, hold China accountable, and much more. Starbuck2022.com. He tweets, to find out about uh, to find out more about what I'll do to fight for Tennessee's 5th District in Congress, read the new contract with America I wrote and signed to show your support for the plan. When we take the majority, I'm not playing defense. We're going on offense. Bravo, man. Good for Robbie Starbuck. Good luck to Robbie Starbuck. I think he's a good dude. I don't completely agree. And I always say this. I probably shouldn't have to because nobody does. But this is the game. You know, look, I don't completely agree with the Republicans that are running, but I would take them over these these Democrats any day of the week. Why? 2018, when the 31 moderate Democrats promised kitchen table issues, they deserve to be punished at the ballot box. And I mean it. Retribution. These Democrats vowed. They said, we won't play the culture war game. We're going to get you health care. We're going to fight for the working class. We're not going to play Pelosi's BS. And so the American people in these 31, I think it was 31 districts said, please. All right. All right. What did they do? What did they do? Impeach Donald Trump. The first thing they did was they dropped to their knees and said, Pelosi, tell me what to do. They should all be voted out. All of them. Nancy Pelosi, especially. Nancy Pelosi, especially. So good luck to Robbie Starbuck. But let me tell you, my friends, Donald Trump isn't endorsing him. 
Donald Trump supporters denounce his decision not to endorse Robbie Starbuck. From Newsweek, on Tuesday, Trump said he couldn't be happier about hearing reports that Morgan Ortegas, a former spokeswoman to ex-Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, is considering running for the Tennessee seat currently held by Jim Cooper, recently announced he will not be seeking another term. In a statement, Trump described Ortegas as an absolute warrior for America first and to make America and, and the Make America Great Again movement. Yo, Trump ain't it. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Trump is not it. Now, Trump supporters are mad at me for sure over my stance on the election and stuff like that. I didn't vote for Trump in the first place. I voted for Trump in the second place, 2020. I saw what we were up against. I saw what Trump had to offer. And I saw that it was good. Was it perfect? No. Trump's got a lot of problems. But right now, you need to understand something. Donald Trump is not sticking up for one of his most proud and ardent supporters. Donald Trump should be endorsing Robbie Starbuck. Now, maybe it's just that Trump isn't familiar necessarily with his run or anything like that. Okay, okay. But many people, look at this. Sebastian Gorka, I'm with Robbie Starbuck. Candace Owens says, nope, Trump has this completely wrong. Robbie Starbuck is the correct pick for Tennessee's 5th District and Tennesseans have his back. Madison Cawthorn says, I endorsed Robbie Starbuck months ago and I stand by my endorsement. He's the best candidate in the country right now. The MAGA movement needs him in Congress. I got to be honest, Robbie Starbuck is a substantially better choice that choice than a spokesperson for Mike Pompeo. So all of these people speaking up and speaking out show uh, Donald Trump might not be with it. You know what I mean? He, he's not here. Look, I think Donald Trump was the avatar of the anger for so many populist and working class Americans. He was the best chance they had. He was the human Molotov cocktail. Today, we are moving past needing Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis may be the better choice. And I mean it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think Donald Trump should not be running in 2024. You know, if if he runs, he'll probably still be the best option. Let's be real. The nuclear, you know, the nuclear option, Donald Trump, probably still better than everyone else. But Ron DeSantis, I think, is better. I think Ron DeSantis is better than Trump in a lot of ways. He's more plugged in with what's going on culturally. He's made some of the better, better and best decisions as it pertains to COVID in this country. People are fleeing to Florida in droves because Ron DeSantis has done a really, really good job. And so, you know what? You know, good for him, for sure. But Donald Trump wants to run again. Apparently there's, I don't, I don't know if he said this, but people are posting memes where Trump said something like he's the 45th and 47th president because he's basically announcing he's going to be running, but we'll see. People I know in the, in the Trump inner circle that we've had on the show, like Peter Navarro and, and Steve Bannon say he is going to run and they're going to vote for him. So there's very, there's very much still very proud and prominent support for Donald Trump. 
So, okay, we'll see how that plays out. For the time being, the bigger issue is 2022. The Hill reports, this is interesting, Hispanics sour on Biden and Democrats' agenda as midterms loom. I think, I think they know full well they're not going to be victorious. And that's the point of the Breyer you know, uh, retirement. Here's one from the Hill. Kelly pushes back on Arizona Democrats' move to censure cinema. I want to highlight this story to show you how absurd the whole thing has become, our political system. Kirsten Cinema did not side with Democrats on the filibuster. And she said the filibuster ensures you need a broad coalition of support to pass bills. It was the right move. It's not just about trying to preserve this country and protect it. It's also about if you get rid of the filibuster a few months Okay, about a year before you lose control of everything, you do not want to see what happens. But I wouldn't be surprised. I got to be honest. If the first thing Republicans do is get rid of the filibuster, I would not be surprised. And you know what? When they do, we can say that Kirsten Sinema held her head high and did the right thing. And, And Republicans, I don't think they should get rid of the filibuster. But there is the challenge. There is the big challenge of people saying that that Republicans only ever play defense. So if they did get rid of it, I'd understand. I just wish this country could actually function properly. And it it functions. It it makes sense when you need broad support in Congress uh, to pass bills. We learned something interesting from Marjorie Taylor Greene when she came on the show. She said that she goes into, you know, to the chambers and there's like 10 Democrats and like 10 Republicans. And there's some random guy at the podium that she doesn't know. And he's just like, is this bill good? And the Democrats go, yay. And the Republicans going to go, nay. And then it just goes, Democrats have it. Bang. Next. It's broken. The system is completely broken. One of the best things I've ever heard was Marjorie Taylor Greene saying she ordered, a, uh, 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 she insisted upon a roll call vote. So as soon as they try to pass these bills, They have to call in every member of Congress to come in and declare their vote. Bravo. Bravo to Marjorie Taylor Greene. And the media would would lie and say that she's crazy and a crackpot and all that stuff. And by all means, you may disagree with her on a lot of things. She may get a lot of things wrong, but I believe she's truly here to stand up for the people. And I think she's giving us a glimpse into the completely fractured and broken system that is Congress. And of course, for that, they don't like it. And they're trying to find a way to keep her out. So my friends, you must, you must, you must vote local. Vote for your state rep. Vote for your state senator. Vote for your mayor. Vote for your comptroller. Vote for your school board. Do not miss these elections. Right now, each and every one of you needs to Google search when all of your elections are happening and get on the ground. Go out and vote. This is your opportunity. Scott Pressler has registered so many people for the Republican Party. I don't like the establishment Republicans, but hopefully the movements made by people like Robbie Starbuck and Scott Pressler will bring populists into the fold. Regular working class Americans who say we are tired of the broken. We are tired of the fracturing. We are tired of the insanity. January 6th was stupid. People thinking they could show up, push their way into a building. Are you nuts? No, you need confidence. You need confidence from the system, from the people to get the job done, to make the changes you want to see. We are not in the 1600s where standing in a building makes you the boss. So here's what you do. You got to go vote. And you got to do it for Scott, for Scott Pressler. He went out, he traveled this country, and he got people registered. 
Think about all of the hard work he was willing to do for a cause he believed in. If you do not get out there and vote, then you are basically negating the hard work of him and so many others. We have an opportunity. The Democrats are scared. That's why Breyer is retiring. They know they're going to lose, which means in any and every election from the primaries to local, you have to get out and vote and you need to know who you're voting for. Look up who's on the ballot. Check, check their names. If none of them look good, don't vote for any of them. Make sure you know who you're voting for and why, and make sure you're voting every way you can. If people in this country who believe in this country and care about America, regardless of political affiliation, all go out and vote, the people will win. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The USA is on the verge of collapse. That's not my opinion. That's a post from prominent leftist subreddit, Antiwork. You may have heard of them because Fox News highlighted them recently, or you may have heard me talk about them. They're rather leftist. They are people who are upset with the current work environment, and they have uh, some pretty genuine grievances that I would agree with, to be completely honest. But all in all, it is still a leftist subreddit. And I think for the most part, they don't quite understand work. That's something common you see among a lot of urban dwelling leftist types. And, and I'll break that down because I'm sure many of them may be watching and they may be already, you know, prepared to slam that button saying Tim's wrong. It doesn't understand. No, no, let me let me let me let me talk to you guys. Let me explain why I, I agree. You know, the USA is on the verge of collapse. Now, when I say it's not my opinion, I mean, I have the post here I'm going to show you, but I agree with it to a, to a great extent. The first article I have for you is from the New York Post. Michael Rapoport films alleged shoplifter boldly robbing an NYC Rite Aid. A guy walks in with a bag, just fills it up and leaves. And Michael Rapoport says, I can't believe I'm seeing this, this ish. This effing guy just filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid right here on 80th Street. And First Avenue is walking on the street like it's Gucci. I was watching him the whole time. Looking me in the face like, what's good? My man just went Christmas shopping in January at condoms, sh the shampoo. Dude just went Christmas shopping. It's amazing. The store location was set to close because of this, leaving workers jobless, the actor claimed in the caption. Eric Adams for NYC, yo, he concluded. Saved by the bell, actor Mario Lopez was among the many commenters saying, dude looked up at security and said, sup. They were going to be shutting down the store. Look at this. The video is the latest making the rounds on social media that showed purported shoplifters making bold thefts. Reported store losses are on the rise with 719,458 in losses per 1 billion. Yes, my friends, I would agree with our good friends over at r slash anti-work. 1.7 million readers on this subreddit. 92,166 right now as I'm filming this video actively participating in the conversation. And my friends, at a certain point, you have to say the crowd is not wrong. The system is not working. The, the, the current corporate structure is completely broken. Businesses make no sense. And unfortunately, you know, I would say this of our good friends over at Anti-Work is they also still don't get it, but they get a good amount. They do understand a good amount. Now we have these stories like Michael Rapoport showing the shoplifters. We've got this one 
Fox News reporter films mass release of illegal immigrants into Texas and tacked it to the airport as these people are just sent all about. And this is a video that shows the USA is on the verge of collapse, or I should say on the verge of it's literally in free fall. And this is one thing that many of these anti-work individuals don't quite understand. When you flood a country with with low skill labor, and I'm not saying to be insulting, I'm saying these are people who have limited skills and they can do some tasks. When you flood a country with people who take up these these minimum wage jobs and these these entry level positions, the market is saturated and wages depressed. This country is being torn to shreds by failed policy, by broken borders, and then by people refusing to work in these conditions. Well, I'll tell you this. Anti-work workers who are quitting your jobs, your replacement is here and they're willing to work for cheap. But this means that you are a lost generation. And I feel for you. I really, really do. There's a couple of other stories. Look at this one. We got brazen gang of thieves who don't even bother covering their faces. Raid an Ulta beauty salon, blah, blah, blah. You get it. How many stories do we got to show? This is exactly what's going on. Stores are being raided. And when you ask many of these leftists, they say, well, you know, maybe if we had universal health care or universal basic income, this wouldn't be happening. And I'm like, dude, nobody needs to be robbing Ulta for what hair product? It's not about food, man. It's about the system breaking. Here's the post. Let me read this for you. And we'll talk about anti-work. The USA is on the verge of collapse, writes one user with 16,000 points. This, is, this means people are saying, yes, upvote this. People should see this. I'm in my early 30s. Pretty much all my friends from high school are either living with their parents still or are living alone and struggling. I don't know anyone my age who has a comfortable life with a house and can pay all their bills. We all came from middle class suburban families. Most of us went to college. We ate our veggies and prayed to Jesus. And I know way more people are even worse off. Homeless camps are set up at every overpass in my city. It was rare to see a homeless person where I live when I was a kid. Now they're everywhere. It can't be their fault. It's not a bootstraps problem. I got the sense something really big is about to go down. Housing and cost of living is off the charts expensive. You need at least two high paying incomes to buy a house now. Corpos snatch them up and rent them out at a huge markup. There is no way any of this is sustainable. Everyone pretends they're fine. No one is actually fine except for the boomers with juicy pensions who pretend like they're just better at working than everyone else. Part of me wishes the collapse would start now so we can get it over with, but I know it won't be pretty. I wish there was a way to salvage everything without anything catastrophic happening, but I've thought about it back to front. There's no other way. There just isn't. You know, these people aren't wrong about everything. They're wrong about some things. When you say that you're in your 30s and your friends are living with their parents, well, look, that could be anecdotal. Let's be honest. I certainly know a lot of millennials who are struggling. I know a lot of millennials are actually, get this, virgins who live with their parents. I'm not saying that to disparage people who are virgins, but perhaps some of some of these individuals are religious and have made that choice. But there's but but I bring this up because at least from a liberal perspective, we are seeing individuals entering their 30s who have not had a significant relationship. I mean, should be married, have kids, have a house. You know what? I do, to a great extent, blame the boomers. The, the, the millennial generation is a lost, confused, ignorant, and failed generation for the most part. And this post is an example of this. It's not an example of it just because this person is struggling and suffering. What this person is telling us, you better listen to. 
You better acknowledge what these people are saying, because these are the experiences of the millennial generation. And if they are living this life, you can't just come out and say, maybe they should work harder. Yo, I get it. We were all told to go to college. I was told to go to college. I said no, because I'm obstinate, stubborn and arrogant. And it worked out really, really well, because if I was laden with college debt, who knows where I'd be? Unable and struggling to pay bills, working some dead end job, desperate to just make ends meet. See, I was I was lucky. Maybe not lucky. Maybe I was smart. When I was told to go to college and take out huge loans, I said, no way. I'm not going to take out $40,000 in loans to get a degree for what? I'm just going to go do my thing. And I'd rather just sit in a park and skateboard, I guess. And it worked out. When I got older, I didn't have any debt to worry about. So I could sleep on couches, could save money. I wasn't trapped in this position, but boy, did they try to trap me in it. And I think college debt is one of the biggest reasons the millennial generation is lost. They can't afford to have families. They can't afford to pay their rent. They have to live with a bunch of roommates. They have to live with their parents and they're all doing it. Not every single person, but a lot. Now I'll tell you another reason why I think the system is collapsing is the sentiment is also wrong. Look, I'm just going to tell you guys, all my, all my good friends over at anti-work, you guys are, you guys are lost. You're a lost generation. You've got half the story, half the picture you're correct about. But the solution is not what you think. The solution and reality is probably, it's probably time for you guys to just up and move away from these cities and start from scratch, from the ground up. They say a society grows great when old people plant trees whose shade they know they will never sit beneath. Unfortunately, Unfortunately for all of you, the millennial generation, Gen Z, the boomer generation, for the most part, did not plant any trees for you. They basked in the glorious shade of the trees that were planted by the generation that came before them. They plucked its beautiful fruit and consumed it. And they left you with nothing. So you can't sit here staring at what you don't have, complaining, saying this cannot be. I want the tree as well. I want the fruits of the labor of the generations past that I'm, des- I'm deserved of. No, you have to look at the fact that the generations that came before you strip mined everything. And the only thing you can do at this point is start building from the ground up. I understand. You may be saying, that's not possible. You can't. I'm saying it's time to figure out how to start it over. And that's why when they say the USA is on the verge of collapse, I say, yo, y'all are correct about that. I don't think you have the full picture, but you're not wrong about it. I take a look at the anti-work subreddit and I just, it bums me out that the solution is always some weirdo leftist ideology. The solution is not laissez-faire capitalism. I am not some right capitalist ANCAP type. No, sorry, not the case. But your solution is not ideological. Your solution is not. It is simple. It is this system is broken. We recognize it. Crime is through the roof. These politicians on the left, the establishment Democrats and all of their policies are resulting in mass crime. And it's it's resulting in a flood of low skill workers coming into this country. If you are a a company that sells burgers and you're like, we'd love to pay a decent wage. And all of a sudden, the market is flooded by people. By You get 100 applications. And you're like, this is nuts. And they're all desperate, saying, I will work for anything. 
Well, these companies, they take that. When the economy is shut down during the pandemic, blame whoever you want. And the, go- and the government's response is print, 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 print. And then hyperinflation begins. The money supply is exploding. The stock market is crumbling. Yo, you are correct. The system is collapsing. Look at this. Since I opened that post, the USA on the verge of collapse on the front page of Antiworks, not 17,200 points. Because people get it. People absolutely understand. But here's the problem with you guys. Here's the problem you guys need to understand. I would stand beside you and point out how stupid these companies are, how terrible the business and the industries are, how broken the corporate structure is. My first job, well, my first job was a family job, but my first non-family job when I was 16, I worked because you can work for a family business when you're younger than 16. I worked for a fast food restaurant called Portillo's in Chicago. Portillo's, famous Chicago hot dogs, burgers, and it's Portillo's Barnelli. It's like another restaurant. They make salads and ribs. Mm, Fantastic. And I had a manager who was trash. And I was young and capable, and I did a good job. But they were insulting, condescending, and they wasted my time and energy. And I said, I will not work in this environment. If you do not value my labor, I do not value what you offer up. And I quit. I said, screw this. I'm out. And oh no, they panicked. Oh no, you can't treat people this way. You can't insult and deride them. That's what they did. And furthermore, you know what really pissed me off? I may have been 16. But when they hire people from the outside who don't know what they're doing simply because they're older, and then I have to train my own manager. Sorry, you don't got to make me a manager. I get it. I was 16. I'm not not that arrogant. But certainly you can be like, we're going to give you a raise because we actually, you know, this guy's got manage, manage, managerial experience and he can help with administrative paperwork that you can't. But you know the ins and outs of the business in terms of the food prep and the delivery and, and handing out the food and doing the register more than they do. So we're going to give you a raise. We're going to bump you up and we're going to have you actually do those trainings. Instead, they just say, we don't care about you. We don't value your labor. And so when I quit, they went, oh, no. And they desperately called me like seven times. Please come back to work. And I was like, screw you. You know what? When we have the leverage, we get to say that. These people, this, you know, I, I'm really, really not a fan of the prior generations and the things they've done because they've, they've just been extracting the system. But it's really, really easy to understand. Strong men make good times. That was the greatest generation. That was World War II. Good times make weak men. This is their kids. Sorry, boomers, I'm not trying to drag you guys too much, but for the most part, yeah, weak men, the boomer generation, weak men make hard times. And here we are. And in between, I know you have the silent generation, you have Gen Xers, they, they, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I should be calling them out as well. But here we are in hard times. We're in hard times because you look at people like Neil Young. He's like, you got to ban Joe Rogan. Otherwise, I'm getting off your, take my music off my platform. And then people pointed out the other day, you know, Neil Young sold half his catalog. He doesn't even have the right, he doesn't even have the right to pull the music off anyway. Oops. Yeah, the boomer generation. Bill Maher, a great example. You know, he knows what's going on. He won't speak up. He sits back and just says, I got mine. And so I'll say this. I think we're headed for dark, dark times because the people of the anti-works are, are not going to be the strong individuals. In fact, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going to point it out. While you're stronger, 
than, than, than many before you, you are still a weakened generation because of the resources that were stripped from you. And so I say, start over, roll up your sleeves, find a field, start tilling, do what you got to do. I don't know. Buy a shack in the middle of nowhere. Start from nothing. Yeah, and a lot of people will say, easy for you to say, like, I need healthcare and I need that and I need this. Uh, I, I get it. Totally understand. The boober generation stripped it all away. They've, 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 they've uh, not every single one, mind you, but if you take, if you just simply take a look at wealth distribution, the, the compared to previous generations, boomers have retained a large, a substantial portion of wealth, land, uh, you know, uh, um, stocks, cash in general, compared to previous generations, it is not being transferred down. There's a lot of reasons for this. We can talk about, I don't know, like dowries or something, but I, I don't know inheritances. Maybe people are just living longer. Let me show you the problem with you guys at anti-work. You've been co-opted. You have been co-opted. Just say it outright. Subreddit rules regarding harassment against trans people will be more strict. What does that have to do with the fractured economics of this country? Zero points. They stickied it. Yeah. What is this? This post right here. Governor of Virginia set up snitch mail for complaints about teachers who may be teaching accurate history or recommending leftist literature. What does that have to do with the fact that the corporate structure is broken, that resources are being extracted? This is the problem. 1.7 million people, and I'm sure many of them are ideologues, but how many of them are just young, young people or millennials being like, yo, the system is broken, the policies don't work, and what happens? You sign up. You ascribe to this and say, I'm pissed about my boss. He's ripping me off. I'm pissed about the, the, the college debt uh, being massive. We need change. I'm all for college student debt relief and working out a plan to make sure millennials can have families and have kids and live their lives and get the dream they were promised by the previous generation. I think perhaps the first place we can start is suspending interest rates, eliminating them outright and saying, okay, how about this? We, we got to compromise left and right. How about we say you don't got to pay any interest anymore. You pay down the principal on what you borrowed. When someone comes to me and says, I borrowed 20 grand and now I know and now I owe 60. I'm like, yeah, let's eliminate that 40 you owe and the interest rates and you can pay back on just on the principal. It's crazy when, you know, people say to me, there's there. You see these posts and this is one thing these guys, these, these, these you know, y'all are getting right. They'll say, I borrowed 20,000. I've since paid 37000 and I still owe fifty because of interest rates, because of economic crisis, because I couldn't find work. Yeah, in my opinion, I say eliminate all of that. It's not, you know, a lot of people on the right don't seem to get this. They're like, these people took out loans and now they don't want to pay them back. Some of them, yes. Some of them took out 50K and don't want to pay back that 50K. That I get, that's stupid. But a lot of these people took out 17 and now they owe 50. Yet that's not what you borrowed. And then others say, well, they signed on the dotted line. An 18-year-old who was misled by a corrupt generation to extract resources and make a permanent class of indentured servants. Don't care. I say, shut it all down. Get rid of that debt. And then the millennial generation can maybe get to work, have families, and start picking up the pieces. The problem is anti-work just gets co-opted by communist fists, socialism, what is it, the lost generation? Yeah, I, I agree with that. 
But why why are why is anarchism, anarchy 101? These are leftist subreddits. These are not true anar- anarchist subreddits. Many of these posts are actually fascistic. Why are they complaining about critical race theory? So I tell you this, and I hope y'all at anti-work hear this. You had me when you were talking about populist causes, broken structures, being ripped off, college debt, all of that stuff, all of the populist messaging. 100% I'm on board. When you come out with leftist ideology, communist, authoritarian, bullish, you lose me. And you lose many, many other people. Because there is something we all recognize in this country. I don't care about the, the politicians. Okay, let's, let's set that aside. I can tell you this. The borders are porous and broken. And, and you can say, oh, who cares? Borders shouldn't. Bernie Sanders himself, 2015. This is where y'all lost me, to be completely honest. This is where the left loses me. Bernie Sanders says open borders is a Koch brothers proposal. It was an industrialist capitalist move to bring in cheap labor and destroy the working class. I agreed with Bernie back then, but apparently Bernie doesn't care anymore, does he? And you know what? I hope this message reaches the populist working class individuals who are saying things like this. The USA is on the verge of collapse because, boy, you hit the nail on the head with the hammer. But then when you make posts about Glenn Youngkin and Republicans and you're talking about critical race theory has nothing to do with anti-work. No, no, hold on there a minute. You come to my channel and what do I do? I talk about all those things. My channel is not an anti-work channel. I do not produce these videos to espouse the narrative of corrupt uh, corporate establishments about a broken economy in this country. I do talk about those things, but this channel is about, is, is about my broad opinion, right? Which I'm, I oppose critical race praxis in schools. I think it undermines the working class. I think this country is in, strong, is in need of enforcing its borders and protecting the working class. And that's one of the reasons y'all are suffering. And then I come to the place where I remember when I first started seeing these posts going viral as the subreddit explodes in popularity. And I'm like, right on. I see this top post, the number one post, the USA is on the verge of collapse. And I'm just like, you got it, buddy. I hear you, man. I see these posts about college debt. And I'm like, yes, student loan debt is, is, is destroying this country. And then all of a sudden they're like, we're pro-critical race theory and pro-leftist and pro-communist. And we, we've got the communist fist sidebar with our related subreddits. And I'm just like, look at this. No alt-right fascist authoritarian totalitarian or incel content. Yeah, I'm not a fan of any, any of that stuff either. No fetishize, fetishize, fetishizing violence. I compl- I'm, I'm down for that. No CEOs. Do not post cross posts or politics. The same goes for posting promotions of CEOs. Did you know? That if you own a corner bakery, okay, that's actually a brand. If you own a corner store, that's what I meant to say, like a a bakery on the corner with three employees, you can have a CEO. You can have a CEO, man. It's unfortunate that instead of recognizing the system is corrupt and saying there's ways we can solve this, but they're populist in nature and not just leftist, the left has co-opted you. The answer to your problems is not communism. It is not capitalism. It is not any of these overt ideologies. Although I would say it's more capitalism than communism, to be honest, because the core definition of capitalism is just the private trade between individuals. But, um, but laissez-faire cap- capitalism, it is not. I would say the better, the, the better uh, uh, distinction, you have laissez-faire capitalism, completely unregulated, undeterred, 
And then you have communism, complete authoritarian control, command economy. These are not going to solve your problems. The free market is better than a, command, uh, than a centralized economy, for sure. But I think regulations need to exist. I think social safety nets are a good thing. I think there's a happy medium. But what I mean to say is you're not going to find your answers from politicians. You're not going to find your answers from demagogues or ideologues. The people who have, who have co-opted anti-work, who are taking it over, who are overt leftists, will drag you down into the gutter. And I'm not telling you that Donald Trump is your answer either, or that MAGA is either. I'm saying you need to find it from within. Don't rely on other people because you see what they've done. As, the, as our generation sat back and watched as the corporate class and the previous generations extract, and we keep voting for the same people and y'all keep supporting the same people, it's time to stop. Bernie Sanders ain't the answer. Donald Trump is not the answer. Certainly, they have some of these things right. But the answer is you, from you, from within, figuring it out. And that may mean life will suck and you can blame anyone you want to blame. You can blame all of the politicians from left to right. You can blame only the right. But in the end, the only way you will succeed and break through this is by asserting for yourself and unfortunately, likely starting from scratch. I wish we could all bask in the glory of the fruits of the previous generation, but that seems out of the question at this point. And the USA is breaking apart. That means you should learn how to farm, learn how to garden at least. Buy some land out in the middle of nowhere. And I can already hear people saying, how do you buy land? It's too expensive. You just got to go into the middle of nowhere where land is like, you know, you can get a couple acres for like 10 grand. And then I hear people say, but I don't have 10 grand. You can get a loan for it and you don't need that much money. These are the secrets. These are the tricks they never told you about. You can buy your own house if you only save up a couple grand. I know it's not easy especially dealing with what's going on. But you've got to fight and struggle because, yes, because the system has been corrupted. I don't think the solution is going to be in like seizing the means of production or anything like that. That won't solve your problem. I don't think anyone who's going to stand on a pedestal and say, vote for me, I'll solve your problem, left or right, they're not going to. It's you. I don't know where we go from here, but I tell you what really breaks my heart is that anti-work. I like the idea. But a lot of these people, they really are just lazy. And I'm not saying that's you, anti-work friends. I'm saying there are a lot of people who are exploiting you because they don't want to work. And I warn you of this. In your time of need and your time of strife, people who are ideologues are manipulating your pain to gain power from you, and they will put the boot to your neck the same as everyone else. Assert yourself. Stand up for yourself. Do not let ideologues take over your message. Maybe then we can make a better world for ourselves and for our future and for, you know, our kids. We'll expand civil rights. We can tell the fascists and the communists to screw off. Unfortunately, I think 1.7 million readers, they've exploited your problem. Let me end by saying this. You felt that pain. You felt that confusion. You were upset. You were angry. And what happened? Socialists came in and said, I will be your guiding light. Because they want to strip you of your resources to steal power from you. You need only look at history. They do not have your best interests at heart. I'm not going to tell you what to believe or how to live your life. You can choose to do that on your own. You can tell me I'm wrong about everything. That's fine. I don't want to be your boss. I don't want to be in charge of you. But I'll tell you this. 
Don't let someone else do the exact same thing. Don't let these people come in and tell you how to think and how to behave. Don't let them ban you or shut you down or tell you you can't have an opinion, you can't speak up, you can't ask questions. Assert yourself. Be your own boss. Tell these people it's time to be independent. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Calls to boycott Walmart have skyrocketed on Twitter after the big box store announced they would be requiring vaccine passports in Canada. Now, it's not that Walmart has just announced they were going to be doing this. It's that the government is requiring you to have proof of vaccination to go shopping in these big box stores. My understanding is that if these stores are larger than a certain amount of uh, have more than a certain amount of square footage or I don't know, these meters in Canada, then you will be required to show proof of vaccination or get this. If you want to go buy groceries and food, a health warden must escort you to make sure you don't buy anything else. And I think more than anything, that proves this is not about COVID. But perhaps I need only show you this video from the CBC so you can know the policies they are putting in place, the policies, the policies they use to beat you over the head have nothing to do with COVID. Don't believe me? In this video from the CBC, requiring vaccine passport for big box stores may contribute to sense of security, professor says. Emily McDonald, a specialist in internal medicine at McGill University Health Center, sounds like she's an expert, says requiring that shoppers at big box stores be vaccinated may not lessen COVID-19 transmission, but might encourage a small percentage unvaccinated residents to get their first dose. Why? 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 It's not going to lessen the transmission, but make them do it anyway. I'm sorry, you've got to be a special kind of stupid to believe them, to believe any of this. And it's not like it's only in Canada. It's not like this is a Canadian issue. I mean, this is happening everywhere. Now, certainly there are some countries that are getting rid of their vaccine mandates, but it just really feels that the policies being put in place are a grand old rat utopia or rat hope experiment. Because there are people, they were told by Joe Biden, by Fauci. Again, I know this is Canada, but you know it's, it's similar issues here. They were told, you get this and it stops with you. I mean, Fauci said it, Joe Biden said it, but outside of that, we were told, you only need one dose of the vaccine for the vaccine passports, not anymore. And it was the conspiracy theorists who were telling all of you, hey, that vaccine card you got, it's got four slots. I'm a bit tired of it. I'm a bit tired of playing the game. You guys ever see that uh, episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where Captain Picard gets kidnapped? If you haven't, you should. You should watch Star Trek The Next Generation. It's a great show. But let me, let me tell you about this. Many of you probably know it. Picard gets kidnapped. And he's placed in this room. And the food is awful. There's like, it's like a gelatinous garbage. And there's three other individuals. There is an angry, rogue-like, aggressive alien. There is a Starfleet uh, cadet. And then there is this whiny, uh, sycophantic individual. Picard is trying to figure out what's going on. They're trying to escape. And in the end, it turns out they are part of an experiment on authority. An alien species that is a hive mind 
has no authority. So they wanted to see how other life forms react to authority. There's an individual who gives into authority, an individual who tries to steal it, a captain who's earned it, and a cadet who follows. Picard eventually just says in the end, I'm done. I am not playing. I will have nothing to do with this. Thus breaking the entire system. And then they, the aliens reveal themselves. I know many of you probably don't care for Star Trek, but the but these stories, I think, are absolutely fantastic. It's, it's, it's great writing. And it's, it's writing from an era of true classical liberalism. Whatever it is these people are doing, I'm done. I am done with it. I've been done with it. I'm not playing your game. And in fact, I got to be honest, I never played. Actually, that's not fair. I played a little bit. I wore the masks. I said, well, care. I don't care. You know, I'll wear the mask. And that was all a part of it. Now, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but the data is there. Whether any of these policies were put into place specifically to, to collect data on us, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to prove something like that. Highly speculative, but it doesn't matter because the data is there. They know how far they can beat, how much they can beat you. They know they can beat you into the ground. They know they can take away your job. They know they can take away your business. They know they can shut down your life. And you know what most people will say? I'll do anything you say. They'll drop to their knees and just say, please, please, sir, may I have another? Now, there are a lot of people say no, that reject and refuse this. In Canada, it's still going strong. I don't, I don't, I don't care for this, you know, less than a minute video. But to have a professor, a specialist of internal medicine at McGill University say, the, the vaccine passports aren't going to stop, stop transmission but it will force you to get the vaccine. What's the point of the vaccine? Is it to stop transmission? I mean, that's what Fauci and Biden and all the Democrats said. Well, it doesn't do that. Is it to stop people from dying? Well, if that's the case, that's a personal choice on your medical conditions that you should be advised upon by a doctor and have nothing to do with the store. They said the goal of the vaccine passports was to stop transmission. It was always to slow the spread, and it doesn't do that, at least with Omicron. As for any other strains, talk to your doctor. But we're seeing a record surge, and we're seeing these specialists say this. Why should anyone believe it? Check out this video clip. Now, this one I want to play for you. It's only about 30 seconds. You're going to love this one. Today, big box stores that have a footprint of 1,500 square meters uh, or more are going to have to ask people, customers, to show proof of vaccination. Now, pharmacies and grocery will be exempt from this. So if you're going into a Costco or a Walmart or something like that, where you might be going in uh, to buy groceries or visit the pharmacy, uh, in that case, an employee will have to be with that person as they walk through the store to make sure that they do not go uh, and buy other products or other items that might be in the store. Now, today, big box store. It's not about COVID. If you can go in a store to buy groceries and medicine, why can't you grab a pair of socks along the way? It makes no sense. It makes no sense unless you, you, you look at this through the perspective of manipulation and control. If we're talking about stopping a pandemic, it makes no sense to be like, you can come in and you can go to the pharmacy or the grocery section but you can't, buy a so you can't buy socks or a phone or a TV or anything. It's like, wait, 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 hold on. Often, you know, in the big box stores out here, the grocery store, a portion of like Walmart and Target spans the whole the one side of the store. You can easily w walk along the aisle and grab a shirt, right? Nope. Someone's going to be there to make sure you can't buy any of that stuff. It is not about COVID. 
you know, too many people just don't pay attention to this stuff. That's the problem. They allow it to happen. Well, Walmart boycott calls mount in Canada on Quebec vaccine rule. You should boycott Walmart for a lot of other reasons outside of just this, to be completely honest. And Amazon, too. Yeah. I try to do better, but uh, I got to be honest. I'm not even that good at it. I don't go to Walmart all that much. We try to avoid it, but everything's become a big box store. Everything's become a big chain. So I, I hear you. You know, what do you do? I'll tell you this. When I go to a store and they have these mandates, I walk, I walk, I walk away. I go somewhere else. I'll order online if I have to. And maybe that's the real goal. When they're telling you that you can't buy things except for groceries, maybe what they're really saying is that they don't want you to buy stuff. Maybe climate change is the real issue driving all of this. From Bloomberg, a new vaccine requirement for Walmart locations in Quebec has prompted calls for a boycott among some Twitter users. The protests from those opposed to COVID vaccinations, known as anti-vaxxers, Bravo, Bloomberg. Bravo, Bloomberg. That was just so psychotic what you wrote. But I got to I got to give it up for your brazen and overt bull ish. The protests from those who opposed covid vaccinations, perhaps they just oppose the mandates known as anti-vaxxers because we've never heard that word before. Amazing. Follow the Canadian province's move to bar unvaccinated patrons from entering government-run liquor and cannabis stores, oh no, and large retailers. Part of the efforts to persuade more people to get immunized. Immunized? How dare you, Bloomberg, push this misinformation? The vaccines don't immunize you from anything. Maybe the previous strains, I don't know. But it certainly hasn't stopped any of the transmission. Walmart Canada sought to combat misinformation circulating on Twitter after boycott Walmart reached more than 17,000 mentions Tuesday morning. Some of the mentions were from those who support the restrictions or those mocking calls for a boycott. As directed by the government of Quebec, we will implement the vaccine passport at our stores in Quebec. Nah, sorry, Walmart. You are so massive that you could literally be like, we will not be enforcing this. And if Quebec wants people to be checked. They can deploy police to check people's papers, but we won't do it. No, Walmart doesn't care about you. They never did. You know what? You know what I love about Walmart is that they pay their employees so little that they require them that often many of these employees need to get uh, welfare. Now, it has been pointed out by many people. Walmart actually isn't the worst, and they do pay well in many areas. I'm sure that's true. But you know what? I got to tell you this. I go to Walmart. And what do I see? There's like one cashier and there's like 300 people just angry trying to buy stuff and they don't do anything about it. So what do they, what do, what do they eventually do? They bring in self-checkout. Yo, if you have a self-checkout, they, like they, they, they save money on, on labor costs. So they don't even care that people do it wrong. <laughs> this is where we're going. The system is falling apart, man. Walmart goes on. They thank uh, asking customers for patience and understanding. Walmart also said that some pictures on social media wrongly suggest that plexiglass dividers in some stores are to isolate non-vaccinated customers. This is false. Restrictions on large retailers are the latest in a sweeping set of new regulations for the unvaccinated in Quebec, where hospitals are still reeling from a surge in COVID-19 cases driven by the highly contagious Omicron variant. Hospitalizations have risen despite nearly 80% of the population being fully vaccinated. Well, that's strange. I thought Bloomberg just said immunized. No, 
YouTube says they will ban you. They will delete your video if you claim the vaccine it provides perfect immunity. It, it, that's never been claimed. And there's always been breakthrough cases. But in the instance of Omicron, the one thing we do see is people in hospitals tend to be unvaccinated. There you go. There are more, more people who have died tend to be unvaccinated. But I got I to gotta say, until they come out and issue a hard distinction between dying from COVID and dying with COVID, I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to this stuff. But I can, I can add on. When a, when a specialist at a university comes out in Canada and says, oh, the, oh, the vaccine passports aren't going to stop transmission. No, it's just going to force people to get it. I'm like, then what's the point? Obedience. Obedience. Get on your knees. Bark. Come on. Do as you're told. You're a spineless loser. You'll do whatever these people tell you, right? I'm not talking about I'm speaking rhetorically, mind you, not directly insulting you. I'm saying that the that they believe these people will will just drop to their knees and do whatever they're told. Everybody has their limits. And now they know what those limits are. They say restrictions on large retailers are the latest in a sweeping set of new regulations for the unvaccinated in Quebec, where hospitals are still reeling, blah, blah, blah. Quebec's premier, Francois Legault, said on January 11th, the Canadian province would begin imposing a health tax on residents who refuse to get their first dose within the coming weeks. You know, I got to tell you, man, you guys, maybe you got to get out of Canada and go somewhere else. You know, our good friend, our good friend, Viva Fry, you must escape a good sir and come to these United States and live in Florida or New Hampshire or West Virginia. I don't know, man. Now, at the same time, as we're seeing stories like this, we've got this story here in the United States. Starbucks facing calls for boycott after dropping vaccine mandate. That is incredible. Fox reports calls to boycott Starbucks erupted on social media Wednesday after the coffee giant announced that it would be reversing its covid vaccine policy to align with the Supreme Court's ruling on the matter. In a memo to employees, Starbucks said that it was reversing its policy, mandating that U.S. employees be vaccinated. In response to this, we had someone go out and buy a big, big thing of coffees and frappuccinos. And, and Starbucks has these really awesome things. They're called egg bites. Egg bites. It's egg and cottage cheese. And it's like cooked together. It's got bacon in it. They're delicious. Wow. And uh, I try to avoid sugar. They still got sugar in it because they put sugar in it. But it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, Starbucks is a woke company to a certain degree. And a lot of people said they don't want to support them because Starbucks did that woke training and that whole bathroom thing. And I'm like, listen, when Starbucks does bad, you call them out. When Starbucks does good, you service, you, you, you patronize their business, give them money and say, please do more. Because if you came out and looked at what Starbucks was doing and said, I don't care if you do the right thing, I will never shop at your company for doing the wrong thing. Starbucks goes, okay, well, the left still shops here. So let's just do what they want. The calls for a boycott from the left are the stupidest possible thing the left can do. And it's good for us because when we go out and we say we're going to buy tons of we spent like 300 bucks on Starbucks the next day. We had an employees go out and just buy a bunch of stuff for the whole staff here at the Cast Castle. And Starbucks looks at that and they're going to say, hey, take a look at this. When we get rid of the vaccine mandate, regular people don't care and they shop at our stores leftists who don't shop at our stores anyway complain about it and right-wing individuals come out and, and give us money. What do you think they'll do? They'll say, hey, then whatever makes us money, if we're losing these people on the left, then so be it. Here's what you got to understand. When conservatives are unwilling to do this, 
Starbucks says, listen, no matter what we do, people on the right will never give us money. So just pander to the left. That's a problem for the right. No, this is how the right wins. They say Starbucks employs 228,000 people in the U.S. The following day, the hashtag boycott Starbucks began to trend on Twitter as users voiced their outrage over the change. Susan Martin with the blue waves in her profile says, I will not go to Starbucks or anywhere that does not require workers to be vaxxed. Our health is worth self-advocating for. Good. I got no beef with this lady. She's right. If you don't want to go somewhere, don't go somewhere. Don't force other people to get injected with a medication because you are scared. If you don't like it, you can just not go there. I'm sure in Southern California, where this lady apparently lives, you can find tons of uh, stores, cafes that will serve you coffee and force their employees to be vaccinated so that you feel safe. There you go. Some users pledge to avoid any business that doesn't require workers to be vaccinated. Starbucks chief operating officer John Culver told employees in the memo that the company respected the ruling and would comply even though it didn't align with their company's beliefs. Quote, I want to emphasize that we continue to believe strongly in the spirit and intent of the mandate. Thank you to the more than 90% of partners who have already disclosed their vaccination status and to the vast majority who are now fully vaccinated. Not all companies followed suit. Carhartt, of course, is, is facing calls for a boycott. Let me just tell you guys something. It ain't all candy canes and rainbows. Starbucks can get rid of their vaccine mandate because already 90% have disclosed their status. They won. It was temporary. It was always going to be temporary, but they knew they were going to win. So, you know, this, this is the rock and the hard place we find ourselves uh, trapped between. Viva Fry, our good friend. You should check out his YouTube channel if you don't. Lawyer, YouTube, YouTuber. We've had him on the show on TimCast.rl. He's trapped in Canada. We feel for him. He says, the Supreme Leader, Francois Legault, is requiring the vaccine passport to enter places of worship. He literally thinks he is your new God. In the United States, we have something called the First Amendment. You're supposed to be able to worship as you see fit without government inter interference. I mean, it's one of, the, one of the reasons people colonized this, uh, came from this country, because they wanted the right to practice their religion. In New York, the governor and the mayor were blocking people from going to churches. We're dealing with, uh, with, with depravity and evil on a scale we've, we've, we've not seen before. Now, you can point out communist nations. You can point out uh, early 1900s in Europe. But this is global. It's Canada. It's Europe. It's China. It's, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Now, the U.S. is more free than many other places, but it's still pretty bad. In New York, it's really bad. I think the U.S. is going gonna, gonna to ease up. You know, um, I think it was... Here, let me show you this one. The election wizard says... Just, as, uh, just this morning, Netherlands reopening all sectors of society, living even longer with many restrictive measures would damage our health and society, health minister says. So good. I'm glad it's happening. But uh, the, the split in culture, the divide from left and right, it's, it's profound. It is truly profound. You know, part of me just doesn't want to participate in any of this anymore. We're going to set up um, Freedomistan. We're going to uh, very much mind our own business, get away from all of the insanity and just be free. But maybe that's the goal. Maybe these cities did this because they want people to leave the big cities. They want them to go out to the middle of nowhere 
and it worked. I don't know. I got to tell you where I am right now. I look to my left. What do I see? I see a big window. What can I see? Chicken City. That's right. Chicken City. All little chickens. They run around like little goofballs, dumb little critters. And uh, it's funny watching them. When one of them catches a grasshopper or a cricket and they all start running around playing chicken rugby. That's relaxing. That's fun. And people need to get back to nature. They need to become more self-sufficient. They need to uh, take care of themselves instead of just relying on this broken system. I can complain about the collapse of our cities only so much, to be honest, because I watch what's happening in these big cities and Walmart. And I'm like, I don't like Walmart. Don't go there. So if Walmart's doing this good, then less people will go there. Good. Go somewhere else. Start your own business. Be self-sufficient. Spread out away from these cities. You know, these cities are big polluters. They're big eyesores and they smell like sour milk. A lot of good things about cities, but it's gotten it's gotten to be too much. You know, I believe the planet is overpopulated, or at least I said the cities. Michael Malice responded that it's just population density. And then I said, okay, well, then people should get out of the cities for a variety of reasons. And maybe that's where we're headed. Maybe that's that's the that's the goal. So I don't know. You know, I guess uh, uh, we'll see how far this can be can be uh, this can go in in Canada and these other countries. The U.S. is split in half, but it's not just the U.S. It's Western culture. It's Western civilization. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.